0: Data Combat Podcast on CBS Sports with me, Brian Campbell, and it is back with a bang, folks. Pro wrestling deep in your ear hole. That is, of course, back jacked and underwritten by that one and only performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, the man whose name is on the marquee he in this Campbell podcast, unquestionably the voice that you hear back to give you nothing but the truth, folks, whether you're prepared to hear it or not. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Back to earn all five of your stars when you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you concern, consume, excuse me, find audio. Please spread it back. Give us love. Do what it's do what it's about, folks. Thank you, Booker. Thank you enough of that. All right. Hey, guys, girls, listeners, what else can I say right now? Pro wrestling. Good Lord, in the June year of our Lord 2019, as Nick Costos would say, it is amazing. It is on fire. I cannot get enough. Absolutely. Sports entertainment, on the other hand, whoa, guys, I just can't do it anymore. Uh, Why don't I bring my co host and we'll break that ish down? He He watched live when those folks fought in Saudi Arabia and he's ready to speak about it. Here we go. Say hello to the bad guy oh yeah if we're being truthful with ourselves he has hedged a few times i know it is what it is but he loves sports entertainment his name is the silver king adam silverstein
1: hey now there's a difference between wanting to talk about it and being willing to talk about it i'm willing to talk about it and Eek, I mean, yeah. BC, you and I watched about the same, I may have watched it live,
0: we watched about the same amount of that show, and it was not pretty. Dude, that's, uh, that's about as bad as it gets, that's it right there, and here's the deal, Adam, because we spend a lot of time on this show, arguing, debating, fighting, yeah, this guy BC loves the revolution, blah blah blah, is WWE really that bad, proper, blah blah blah, here's where I'm at now, it's a, it's a, it's a hamster wheel, it's a, it's a vicious cycle of emotions, you know where I'm at now? I'm not mad about it. Sports entertainment? It's just not for me. And that's fine, Adam. That's fine. I don't have to sit here and bash it. I don't have to try to uh, build a cult and brainwash people and bring them on over to the right side of history. It's fine. Hey, Adam, or hey, folks out there. And I'm not— Okay, let me remove you. I don't want to I understand. Be re- I understand what you're saying. Go ahead. Hey, folks out there. If all you've ever known in your life is Raw SmackDown and you can tolerate this ish, Go for it, bro. Go for it. All right? I've that's tasted a- the steak. I've heard Jimmy. And that's just where I'm going to stand. And I'm going to stand on this side. I ain't mad about Monday and Tuesday nights anymore, Adam. I don't want to watch them, but I ain't mad about it. Whatever. Whatever,
1: bro. Well, that, That's the thing. It's 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 just unacceptable. It's not so much like we want to love it. That's the thing people don't understand about people that criticize – wrestling and criticize WWE and the product. We criticize it because we want it to be great because we know it can be great because we are aware that WWE today in the year, as our old friend, Nick Costas would say in the year of our Lord, 2019 has its greatest roster of all ever. time ever. It's not close. It's almost doubly as good as the attitude era. And I say that knowing the attitude era had The Undertaker, Steve Austin, The Rock, Mick Foley, and for better or worse, if you liked him or not, Triple H. So knowing that, looking at the talent and the ability of these men and women on WWE's roster, both proper and developmental, it is unacceptable that the product is as poor as it is on the main roster level. It's a disappointment. It's something that we go into each week because – you guys like it. We like it, too. We want to like it. We want to love it. Uh You, you read our stories. You read our pay-per-view recaps. You listen to the show, and we're going to talk about WWE today and every episode we can, unless there's something otherwise that pulls us away from it. But it doesn't mean we have to like it, and it doesn't mean we're going to tell you, you know, be shills for the product because we are not that way and we never will be that way. It's just Unacceptable. But look,
0: I'm willing to psychoanalyze myself. I'm willing. People don't think, you know, you always accuse me. I don't say bad things about things I like. I do. I'll take the L, people. I will take the damn L. Take the L and admit you're wrong because you sound ridiculous. And I got an L I'm about to announce pretty soon once we get into it. But about this topic, I'm not afraid to take the L and say I was wrong. So for weeks, months, maybe even a year, I've been so angry on this show because they let me down. I know they can be better. I'm almost trying to change them through the media waves, right? Like trying to like just just find it channel the them in the in and funnel it. If I can find only it. if I can only Please find it. Yeah, if I can only find what I'm really trying to say here. He disrespected me and my family through the media waves, you know. But you know what? Here's the deal what WWE really is right now. Well, A, they're not gonna change. Because VKM is still the pilot. It's not going to change. So you know what? They're an ex-girlfriend. And they broke my heart. And I whined on this show for weeks, months, and years. And told you about them dirty bed sheets. And was willing to take stands. And I bitched and I whined and I cried. They're not worth it anymore though, Adam. They're not going to change. I want them to change. But I'm no longer in the business of trying to make them change. Because competition is good. And there's enough stake from other restaurants out there and i'm eating it brother i'm eating it i i mean i am eating it so you know let me
1: tell you let me tell you a piece of meat that i enjoyed yeah i enjoyed some meat this week from japan
0: i'm eating it i'm loving it wwe broke my heart but guess what i'm over
1: it well the problem is it's the ex-girlfriend who you currently work with and have to be in meetings with every day so you can't separate that much from her you cannot be as emotionally attached And maybe that's good. Maybe we shouldn't be as emotionally attached to this with you completely washed over the age of 40, me approaching that at some point over the next five years or so. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't be as emotionally invested, but, but Brian, we know when you feel like you know better, like I'm a Knicks fan. I know I can run that organization better than the Knicks can. I'm also a Yankees fan. I may not agree with every move they make, but I don't think I can run baseball better than the Yankees do. I trust them, even when they have losing records, even when they don't make the the playoffs. But then I look at the Knicks and I'm like, this is a bleep show. Anyone with a (laughs) working brain could do this better. If you gave the Silver King, again, I've never written TV in my entire life. If you gave the Silver King two writers and a showrunner, Raw and SmackDown would be better than it is today. And that's not saying I'm some genius. I just have common sense and I know what the fans want. So yes, maybe it is time for us to step away, not be as emotionally invested as we are. But B.C., we do have a lot of things to talk about on the show. I just don't want to bury the lead for the State of Combat podcast this week because, look, we cater to the professional wrestling fan, the sports entertainment fan on this show. But you have two other episodes every single week, boxing and MMA. And on MMA this week, we had a big announcement.
0: Yeah, the the third man. And it wasn't Hogan at Bash of the Beach. It was UFC Hall of Famer Rashad Evans putting on the black and red, joining the State of Combat podcast. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack, Jack. Very happy to add Rashad to the mix, of course. Brandon Why still their producer. Mikey Mormile in the house. Uh, the rent just got raised, you know? Business is picking up, so be sure to check that out. Hey, also, you're a box fan or a semi-box fan? Check out the Bob Arum interview this week on The Boxing Show. It may Great just interview. blow your mind. Thank you. Thank you. I've that's sold that. Your,
1: that's your... First or second best boxing interview in the two years you've had the show.
0: Wow. Do you agree? Wow. It's up there. It's up there for sure. That 87-year-old man was lucid. It was great. It was fantastic. But yeah, so Adam, I'm not emo- – you know what? I will say this, though. I'm not patting myself. It's not about me, guys. It's about the wrestling. <laughs> but them dirty bed sheets in August of 2018, Adam, I said at the top, they can't be wrong. That was a turning point. I was – Moses or John the Baptist or whatever biblical reference you want to go or Paul Revere on the horse. I was knocking on people's doors at a time they weren't ready to hear it to tell them you may have accepted the SummerSlam, but it wasn't up to code and something's happening here. Adam, I don't want you to kiss my ass. I don't even want you to take your first admitted L on this show in history because you don't do that. You don't admit when you're wrong. But I do want you to understand it's not about me versus Adam. Adam. It's about pro wrestling and them bedsheets. They spoke truth, Adam. And it, nothing has been the same since. You can love the B- Becky Lynch, the man th- uh, storyline. You can love Daniel Bryan turn and heel. You can love Kofi Kingston. But WWE has never been the same since them bedsheets. Yeah, in that's,
1: that, that's a full exaggeration. I mean, we all know that take and, and we can keep going back to it every single week. It was a horrible take then. It's a, it stands as a horrible take now. WWE, that said, WWE WWE did not have, normally every year, WWE will be bad for long periods of time, and then when January comes around, WrestleMania season is hot damn fire. And this year, it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't spectacular. It was certainly not hot damn fire. So there is something to be said that they never found the momentum they normally get at SummerSlam to carry it on through the Mania season and into the next year. But that doesn't mean it was bad because coming out of SummerSlam and running up to to Royal Rumble and then into WrestleMania, there was entertaining quality product. We were hitting the sirens on this podcast after evolution, after the Royal Rumble, after WrestleMania, NXT takeovers. Again, that's separate, but still we were involved and excited for the product, but it never did reach, it never did reach the apex that it is supposed to in February, March and April when they were running that Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey storyline that made no sense whatsoever. It was completely convoluted. They failed us. And the biggest issue with WWE, and maybe we'll talk about this before we uh, talk about Blood Money in the Sand 3. In fact, BC, why don't we get into
0: no, not the yet. main event? Not yet, Adam.
1: Too early. Too early. Okay? We're not the main event yet? Okay, Not time uh, for the main event well, yet. Well, uh, what I will say then,
0: I mean, you just, wow, I got fully stiff-armed. Right Your then. name just got um, removed from the marquee. I think it was up there for a second. The fir- you that's thought the first time, You that's thought the first it was up there. I,
1: that's the first time I've been main events defarmed in two plus years on the show, but okay. That um, was a little
0: pre-jack but, from you, Adam. I but but for yeah.
1: me then, for me then, the biggest issue with WWE has been their overreaction to two weeks of bad ratings. And the ratings haven't been good for a while. But those couple weeks where just things really were not good. They were going against the NBA playoffs, but also the storylines were bad. And they panicked. And they decided, oh my God, we gotta do something. Let's do this wild card rule. Yes. And you and I said it on that show that week and i maintain it more than ever this week some of you saw i had a rant on twitter last night i was really pissed off this wildcard rule has made things worse we knew it and it, it, it's come true the mid card is decimated the women's division is decimated the tag team division is almost non-existent there is plenty of talent i check my twitter i listed the names nakamura rusev Buddy Murphy, he is supposed to debut. Where is he? Alistair Black he hasn't in been Saudi. in the ring.
0: He was in Saudi, Adam. He was in that battle royal with uh, Mansoor, okay, which gave me— Buddy a- Murphy was not. Yes, he was.
1: Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. Well, he hasn't debuted on SmackDown. Um, Ali this week wasn't even on TV, etc. Hey, did you notice Roman Reigns wasn't on either show this week, and it was refreshing that he wasn't there? But instead of replacing him with, like, anyone else in the world— Buddy Murphy segment or whatever. It was just double dose of Shane McMahon. So my contention is this. Things have not been good for WWE. The reason things are so bad today is they panicked. They instituted the wild card rule and the 24-7 title is a complete debacle.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it goes deep. It goes even before that and it goes deeper. But yeah, I guess that's the reason why they can't repair it. In the past, they would just sort of get out of lazy stretches yeah. and say, okay, we got to have ratings up for this season. Let's do it. Now it's just, it, it's, yeah, I think it's over. It's not over and done with, but the, as things are running right now, they have run it into the ground and they can't fix it unless they make drastic changes. Before we get into the main event though, I we have a listener to this show, a, a fellow by the name of Josh. It's Team Silver King, all right? And he told me in a DM, Adam, he said, BC, you're real cunning. All you do is read DMs that praise you and put Adam down. True. That is accurate. And I'm like, actually, that's not really accurate. I kind of just speak the truth and present the truth, and that's just happened to be the way the scoreboard ends up in the end. But I got a bad DM this week. So I said, you know what? You think? I don't do that. Here we go. Here we go. This is from Frank at Frank JC509. You know this guy's not part of our family, right? I'm not aware of him. All right. Adam, he says, "BC, you might not read all of this on the show, but while I'm at work, I'm writing this. Love the podcast. After listening to it and praising and the praising of Double or Nothing, I decided to watch the pay-per-view to see what the fuss was all about. I must say, Twitter has overrated the AEW pay-per-view. The show had two good matches, Dustin Cody and Kenny Jericho. The Young Bucks match wasn't good, just a spot fest. No drama in the match whatsoever. The women talent in AEW, far below WWE. If they can sign Sasha Banks, I can help them tremendously. AEW is not competition to WWE. It's competition to NXT. The product that AEW offers doesn't appeal to the masses. It's a niche product, niche product, niche product. Niche. The resentful NXT, the, the recent NXT was better than Double or Nothing. And this past week's NXT isn't even on par with previous NXT takeovers. Because I'm a big fan of wrestling, I will follow AEW. But at the same time, I'm not the audience they need to take them over the top we got differing opinions on the show, Adam. All right. That's a
1: that, that's a well-reasoned take. It sounds like someone else on this show who said the exact same thing. Now, I did like the Young Bucks-Lucha Brothers match, but it was a spot fest. There really wasn't a story. It was the style they were, they were doing, yeah. And, and yeah, it's what they were doing, and it was to tide them over to they're going to have a AAA uh, tag team championship match in Mexico where I'm sure the Lucha Brothers will win the titles back. But – yeah, it, he's right. It was a two to three match show, and yeah, he missed they're not, they're really not competition for WWE, but they don't, this is what I've been saying from the beginning. They don't need to be competition for the WWE. There's enough lapsed fans and NXT product fans and UK wrestling fans and work rate wrestling fans out there that they can go on TNT, do a half a million rating, and be uber successful right out
0: of the game right, i want to stop I you mean, one thing and you're right when you've said that before a million times you're true. right on the ladder that, that that look it's a different kind of competition it's not going to be commercial we've talked about this a million it's times totally it's going to different. be critical but i think frank mixed it missed it and that's fine he thought it was a two-match show like you did he thought cody dustin was or you know you thought cody dustin was fine that will go down in the record book of I said it was king a very silver king miss
1: very excuse me I said it was a very good match. You called it a classic. I did not think it was a classic.
0: It was five. Dave Meltzer gave it. Your, your guy, Uncle Dave, gave good it five. For stars, him. Right. Good for him. Just want to say that. Anyway, no, I, the I point of...
1: Sli- I wonder if he's slightly influenced. He yeah. missed okay. it,
0: and that's fine, Frank. He missed it. That's fine. It may not be for you, but what you just said is something that I think people are overall missing. You're like, well, look, if you're a, a, a work rate fan, or I'll extend it further, you didn't say it, but if you're a SpotFest fan, if you're a giant move fan, then look, there's plenty of hardcore wrestlers out there who can maybe find that Adam, It's no longer niche if you're a work rate fan or niche if you're this fan. Adam, 2019 wrestling is this. Like, we have to wake up to this. It's no longer the indie style. That's pro wrestling. The indies are pro wrestling. Guys, people out there listening, wake up. WWE is no longer the mainstream default basic product. They still have that financial lead on everybody, but they're the only one doing it wrong right now. No. That's... Everyone else is doing 2019 wrestling. Yes, there's a little bit of differences to it, a little bit stronger style in Japan. ROH, I mean, uh, you know, AEW is a little more tongue-in-cheek humor and all that. Everyone's sampling a little bit of everybody. But everyone has adapted to 2019 style wrestling, including 205 Live and NXT Except for Raw and SmackDown. So to try to present the idea that all this wrestling wouldn't work for the masses and it's some kind of niche product, I say no. You know what the, the main default wrestling is doing? Declining ratings every week. I know that's WWE not- is brilliant and they've dominated the merch field and all these other fields and the TV ratings fields and they're financially gluttonous. Yes, but that's not where 2019 wrestling is anymore. And that's the but- bottom line. But that's not the point. The
1: point is no one's competition for WWE because wWE it's it's similar to what you're saying it's a completely different product right it's It's international. almost every country in the world knows who some WWE superstars are if not a majority, if not all of them okay India, the United Kingdom, even in Japan and JPW is the biggest and I'm not really sure about the other. All Japan, you know, Noah, I'm not sure where they rank. But WWE, I think, is number two in Japan, right? So the the point is the entirety of wrestling besides WWE, everything else, if you put it into a pile, still doesn't equal WWE in terms of reach, in terms of money, exposure, all of these things. So the point is, yes, professional wrestling in 2019 is what AEW is going to be it's currently what's on the indies and it's what New Japan it's work rate wrestling a mix of styles really exciting in ring action but to most people in the world what professional wrestling is is WWE. Yeah,
0: I get what you're saying just on based on hard facts like look they're still dominating the pie financially they are but what I'm saying is Adam that doesn't matter because they're the only corporation that's behind the times on terms of what wrestling is today. Why did Triple H why is he smart enough to to copy NXT after the indies and go out and get a stable full of indie legends and superstars to populate NXT? Because he gets it. He understands yeah, where he wrestling is in twenty nineteen. So it's no longer the idea of oh BC or anyone else, any nerd at home, you can love your niche indie wrestling, but that's not going to sell to the masses. No. WWE is going to realize when they wake up out of this funk, when Vince finally gets it, he's going to realize that he's the one who's behind the times. Oh, he is. And There's no question. He, and when he plugs in 2019 wrestling, if he ever does, like if they ever took the NXT style and presentation, put it on the main roster, which I argue all the time, guess what? Their ratings will go up. They will actually sell more merch. They of will course. actually get more lapsed fans back into it. So I don't want to hear anymore. you know, it's fine, but it's a niche product. No. AEW and look, they may fail, they may not, but they're actually trying to do 2019 wrestling. So that guy missed it. That's fine.
1: We got it. No, the guy got the guy got it right. The point is that wrestling, at, the wrestling fan base in 2019 is not what it was in 1999, 20 years ago. There's not as many people who would call themselves wrestling fans today, and those that are, what primarily or completely watch WWE. Does your son Brian know what who Darby Allen is, or does he know who Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are? My that's kids what I'm are at.
0: non-entertained by WWE's uh, product, and they are done watching.
1: They should, okay, but ask, answer my question. Do they know who Darby Allin and Cody Rhodes are, or do they know Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins? If they saw Seth Rollins at their school, would they be excited?
0: That's, that, that doesn't – you're you're missing the point. You're going back to the – WWE I'm not, I'm has a giant financial lead point. I'm and yes, they do, to, but that's not the point of this argument.
1: What I'm explaining to you is the 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 portion of people who call themselves – Professional wrestling fans in this year compared to 20 years ago is minute, and people who are not just quote unquote professional wrestling fans no consume watch WWE products and television. So it is niche. So know. it is niche by comparison because it has to be because the audience is such a small segment of the entire entertainment landscape. Netflix, all this other stuff. So what I'm saying is, it, it there's there's not an insult. There's not, it's not an insult to say AEW and wrestling like you you have a segment of the fans it's much smaller but if you nail that and grow that you're going to be extremely successful we're talking on two different sides of the same coin here i'm simply saying they're not in competition with wwe they're in competition with maybe nxt but but the laps getting the laps fans away from watching like action comedies on netflix they're they're trying to get people back into the product that aren't currently watching the product they're not going after sports entertainment slash professional wrestling fans. That's well, I, I just they're going the- after old school professional wrestling.
0: Fans. I get that theory and you're right. But don't say they're not in competition with WD. The day their weekly show launches, they are in full competition with WWE because they have them. It's not like they're on the pop network. They're on TNT as things as we assume things will play out. Now, if you're on yeah. TNT and WWE is on USA Network, you're in competition with them. No, that's
1: a legit. That's a totally legit point. I guess what I'm saying is they're offering a different product, whereas WWE and WCW in the Monday Night Wars we're offering two very similar products when they were actually going head-to-head. These are vastly different products. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be compared or that the ratings of one may not affect the ratings of the other. Hey, WWE could lose half a million. They could gain half a million you know, over the course of a year, and all of a sudden you're saying, well, where did those people go? They obviously went to AEW. What I'm saying is they're just not going after the same audience today even though you and I as old-school wrestling fans, as people middle-age, wish they were. But they're not – WWE is not going after that. They're going after kids and parents,
0: and it sucks. Yeah. And they've created within the wrestling circle the actual niche product, critically, that people like the least. They just have such a financial lead. So what will eventually happen is they'll go under, which won't happen, or they'll right. change. And good lord, can you change think I think, I think the funny
1: thing that people don't really think about too often is the, the existence of AEW and the popularity of independent wrestling – is completely WWE's fault in every way. Yeah. They stopped providing their viewers and their customers what they actually wanted. And even though they gave them NXT, that's not featured on television, and it's far far less viewers. But they stopped providing what we actually wanted, and it left people who actually care about professional wrestling to seek it out. And first they found it in Japan, and then they found it locally. And again, it was know.
0: a marriage where the where where the husband it was Vince with us, where the bride. And he stopped trying. And that's the bottom line. And we started looking at the delivery guy coming to our yep. house. And the delivery guy happened to be Cody in the Bucks coming right to YouTube, right into our fuel hole. Just so you'll know, I don't succumb to public pressure. But I can- you will, Vince. Thank you. Anyway, before we get into the main event this week, we're going to have to pause and hear a word, yes, from our friends and sponsors. Dig it. All right, BC. We
1: are back. And it is time for. The main event. This is the main event. All right. At least you're not leave me hanging there. We, listen, we're going to talk about a lot of non WWE stuff today, but we should start with WWE Blood, Money in the Sand 3. As I said, neither of us wanted to watch it, but we did because we knew you wanted us to talk about it. And really, there's no place to start other than the atrocity that was. I mean, the atrocity of being in Saudi Arabia, holding a pay per view event there and taking their money. But aside from that, the atrocity that was. The Undertaker versus Bill Goldberg in the main event. Is there a better word than atrocity? You tell me.
0: I mean, in the in the immortal words of the late Gene Okerlund. Look at all of this crap in this ring. Good God. I mean, the fact that they had the balls to put this as the main event. Look, again, if Taker and Goldberg want to come back for WrestleMania. No, not a show that you're billing as equal to or potentially better than WrestleMania. First of all, <laughs> F you. But if you want to put that at WrestleMania and put it in the Sting Triple H slot on the card and pop a whole hell of a lot of people, guys. Again, that's fine. You want to put this in the main event with a really weak build and you're gratuitously or not gratuitous, you're you're shamelessly doing it just to pop foreign fans, again. If you put it on your network as a special, as a glorified house show, we wouldn't hate you. But when you infiltrate your Monday and Tuesday night product and get us into these storylines and make this pay-per-view supposedly matter, and you're making this the damn main event, which is just a knife-edge chop to the chest of the impact that that Undertaker retirement at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando should have had. You know, we, we hated that match. But they handled certain elements of it really good the ending the the whole walk off I mean God, good Lord, it was probably twenty four minutes too long, but still, they handled that correctly, where at least Adam no one would ever watch that match again, but they would say, "You know what? I was there the night taker it was the end yeah. of an era, and
1: we'd and we'd remember it fondly
0: instead they they have to bastardize that like they do. Shawn Michaels coming back in so many things. So that's the groundwork laid for this. Now we can just do LOLs at the actual crap that happened in there. I made a joke last week. I don't know if it was on this podcast. I made a quick special appearance on Dave Shoemaker's Masked Man podcast. I basically was like, look, you know, one of my one of our DM sliders mentioned Goldberg could hurt this guy. He's a little bit sloppy. I said that as a joke thinking maybe he'd lay in a spear. Adam, I didn't think he'd concuss himself twice and drop Taker on his head. And and for the record, was that a blade job or or did he hard weigh himself on the corner? I, I can't I'm, figure it out.
1: I'll answer it, but I'm just curious. How many of my takes were shared on the uh, Shoemaker podcast? Uh,
0: like previous shows, none.
1: All of them. So my entire take, I got it. My catalog is on that show apparently. Um, I so I the way I saw it was he came out of the locker room with the dot. The scrape in the middle of his head because he always bangs his head into a locker, you know, just like he used to in WCW to get himself hyped up. So I saw blood coming out of his head a little bit, at least scabbed over, coming to the ring. So I think he took a shot in the turnbuckle and it opened up. I mean, it wasn't profusely bleeding enough for an extended period of time like Dustin was, a double or nothing, where that was a blade job and he went like way too deep. Maybe he nicked a vein or something. For Goldberg, I think it was just a cut on his head that occurred five minutes earlier in the locker room to get him pumped for the match, that got knocked nicked open
0: basically. Interesting. Um so yeah, the match absolutely blew. And I want to give you a chance to explain yourself because I read your recap and you graded it a C plus? Minus C minus. Good Lord Adam.
1: Yeah. Uh it was I expected an F and I saw a couple spears and the beginning of the match was kind of cool. And I was like you know what? I expected an F. It wasn't a total failure, so I'll give it a C minus. I mean,
0: Adam, the a ending g- was like a, a triple F. It was like a Z. Oh, so it was how horrible! Do you, I mean, the How, how do you not grade that match in F? It was literally one of the on, worst things. I'm grading things. It on a
1: curve. I'm grading it on a blood money in the sand.
0: Uh, Sorry, Arabia a curve. dong. I don't know how. I just like I don't want to make the show about this grade, but literally, it was horrible, Brian. It was horrible, Brian. It was horrible. Whether it's an F or a C minus, it was terrible. It was what It was straight up. One of the worst, I mean, considering it was a main event of a pay-per-view, it's it straight terrible. up one of the worst WWE matches in history. Yeah, it was terrible. I thought the
1: first five minutes for three minutes were good. The spear right off the bat, both of them looked like young, not young, but they looked able-bodied at the beginning of the match. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe they're going to give us 10 hot minutes and get us out of there and it'll be good. But the combination of Goldberg's concussion... His weakening strength as the match progressed because they don't recover as easily. They're not able to do as many power moves. They tried to – Brian, The Undertaker and Roman Reigns failed to do the reverse pile driver, Tombstone pile driver spot at WrestleMania. Uh, how many years is this? Three years later? It's they tried a, to a do a it with joke. Bill Goldberg? They tried to do the same spot and they thought it might work? Look, I can't I mean, stay
0: in this conversation because I just ranted about how I'm over them. And you know what, WWE, I'm over it. I'm wiping it, the dirt off of my shoulder. I'm, 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 you know, I'm flipping the dirt off my sandals on the way out. Um, yeah, Adam, it's, I mean, that was that was a main event. Forget the Saudi Arabia element for a second. And I know you you can argue you can't, but no, it was a main event of a pay per view in 2019. Not Kane last year in a triple threat <laughs> match, which we went nuts about. This was a damn main event. And I mean i got they an now, interesting dm slide the, that that comes right into picture on this if i can only find it on here kentucky long rifle what is that an email it is johnny it is it is uh it's from one of our brethren here uh, i'm gonna load it up right now believe me
1: before you while, while you're trying to load it i just want to say one thing they have now because of saudi arabia ruined the retirements or semi-retirements of the undertaker sean michaels and Bill Goldberg, and Bill all Goldberg, three of exactly. them exactly. Goldberg lesnar Goldberg Lesnar was a great way for him to go out. Michaels retirement against Taker was a great way kind for him to go Triple out. Kind of Triple
0: H too with that boob injury and, and, and him trying to wrestle through I, it. Where it's like you're not, you don't win any points for gutting out a horrifically bad match with one arm. Anyway, uh, from, no, but he but he was good at Mania. So from Antoine Hill at Twan Seven Two One, we know this guy. Definitely, definitely one of us. Hey BC, after probably having the worst match of his career. And considering he's arguably hasn't had a great match since WrestleMania 29 versus Punk, looking back, when should Taker have retired? Should it have been, quote unquote, after, or sorry, should it have been after the end of the era match versus Triple H at Mania 28 to keep his streak intact at 20 and 0? Should it have been after he lost the streak at 30 to Brock? Should it have been after getting redemption to Bray at 31? Or should it have been after Roman getting that kind of send-off? Or maybe even should it have been after squashing Cena at WrestleMania 34. Or maybe even after the combined participant age of 200 and that tag team match at Blood Money in the Sand last year. Jokes aside, Adam, this actually is a really good question. When should it have happened? Should what have happened? Undertaker retiring? Yep, where it would have had the most impact. Just like if Rick never came back with TNA, right, Ric Flair right. walked away at 24, which is, I mean, perfect. Good Lord, it's perfection. What would have been the perfect ta- take or walk away?
1: Who did he fight? Well, honestly, Lesnar. The, the The right time for him to walk away was when Lesnar beat him at WrestleMania. He lost the streak. That was the last thing that mattered about The Undertaker. It was the only reason we actually cared to see him every single year because hey how long is this streak going to go on and they teased us that it was going to end previously and it didn't and we knew obviously it wasn't going to end with shane or anything but um but then you had the lesnar match and he lost and then he came back and got a win by uppercutting him in the nuts that was the only reason he beat lesnar in the rematch and then he lost to lesnar a second time i don't think that was at mania that was just at SummerSlam or something um And then it's like I didn't I didn't
0: need to see either of those matches.
1: And that was a year and and a half
0: later. But I mean, Antoine laid out your options there. If you wanted to go WrestleMania 30, that's cool. I kind of wish they had had the streak end at 30 and then build up for 31 2015 and Santa Clara Taker versus Roman at that point. Now, obviously, look, Roman was in that title match with with Seth cashing in and Brock. But if you had done that differently and you said this is the night we're going to put over Roman. Right. Oh, Who, oh, I thought you were curious about like an actual real life match that he had. You're saying Book the Damn Territory. No, no, I'm not. I'm jumping in with an edition of Book the gotcha. Damn Territory. Where I'm saying that Roman match would have because the Roman story is kind of the perfect ending. The streak ends to Brock and then you hand the keys to the card Roman. The problem is if it would have come at 31, it would have made more sense. It could have main evented. Taker would have put his career on the line and then he would have walked away for good. Instead, they let it stretch out. He probably didn't need to wrestle Bray, but that's fine. And uh, yeah, and so here we are, Adam. And well, what did he have? He had
1: Bray and Shane in between. Is that correct?
0: No, uh, Antoine just read it. He fought Bray at thirty one, at thirty two. He, uh, I don't think he had a match, did he? No, Shane, Shane. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Shane. Oh, okay. Shane, and then, God, then uh, I'm done. Then take t- the take the the John Cena squash. I'm done. We can Oh, the
1: Cena, the Cena non match. Yeah, it's, I mean, no. th- that's the truth. I, I, it really should have ended with Lesnar. And if they wanted him to make spot appearances or have other matches at SummerSlam or Royal Rumble. That's fine. But his for for his actual career and his main eventing career where he's a featured player in WWE and someone that you advertise and buy tickets to go see should have ended with that Brock. And and it shouldn't have been that year. What they should have done is they probably should have had that match two years later and then retired him there. But that moment with the guy with his eyes open and
0: Heyman going nuts.
1: Ellis M. Ellis
0: M. Bay is that guy's name. All right.
1: Is it okay? That's the moment you want. You want it to be the, sh- the shocking moment that he lost at Mania. I thought he was going to retire undefeated there. That's how you send Undertaker out. But now it's a complete bastardization at this point. I actually want him to have another WrestleMania match because I want him to retire. I don't want this to be no, no, the last no, no, no. thing I've seen a taker because Brian, <sighs> honestly, he looked better in terms of just his physical ableness to be in a wrestling ring and do moves, do old school things like that. He looked better than he had in the last two years. So if you want to give him one more match and have Bray Wyatt and the Fiend beat him, have put Alistair Black over. Yes. Put over a young yes. guy. You can't have these 40, nearly 50-year-old guys going head-to-head. Head. Put him with a young dude,
0: let the young dude carry him, and give us a great last Taker moment. Well, there's no more great Taker matches left in his body, but moments, yes. I and disagree. And if, if they told a good story for once with Taker, it would make sense. So the, the, the story of... Uh, of Taker and Goldberg was a non-story. So the problem with this, Adam, is this this card sucked. And then this just brought it to, like, foundational crack, laughable levels. Your basement's flooded, and now you're watching TV underwater. It's just like, it's bad. And only it's not water, it's urine, you know? And, and somebody dropped a deuce, and it's floating behind you. It's really, really bad. And here's the problem. All the matches they booked that were actually good matches... We just didn't need them now, and they were okay, and they didn't really have great finishes. And guess what? If you liked any of those, you can see them again at stomping grounds in two weeks, and that's the larger problem. And I know there was a quote-unquote moment with that battle royal, uh, just a gluttonous 50-man battle royal. And then you have Mansoor winning, and I know people seem to love the promo because he's a you know a yeah. local guy, and and I didn't hate that. Uh, it, it it didn't it didn't invade my feel hole. It, it shouted at it. Okay, it was fine. But you nailed it on Twitter, or maybe it was your story. The word pandering. Ultimately, it's it's pretty damn shameless. Because guess what? I watched WWE on Monday and Tuesday night. I never saw Mansoor. In fact. I'm so hurtful right now. I have a (laughs) mansore.
1: He is on NXT occasionally. I think once every two months he has a match on NXT. And that guy wins the Battle Royal. Now, I don't mind it because, Brian, if we're at Blood Money in the Sand and we're catering to that crowd, that crowd went insane for him winning. This no-name guy to us, for the most part, is a huge name to them. He's a huge deal. That match, if you're going to do it, have it open the show. Have this guy win. Have everyone go nuts. Then you have the crowd in the palm of your hand for the rest of the show. You want to do the universal title match next? Fine. You build it from there. That's not a co- – Mansoor winning a battle royal is not a co-main event. And for them to promote it as the most important battle royal in WWE history, F
0: you. Yep, that's Honestly, it. That's it. F you it's pandering it's ridiculous it's That's a it. joke through the flag conversation over i can't let wwe bring me down let's move on in the main event adam well
1: okay I, I, a couple other things i just want to mention b- no, before we totally no. get out of this no. did you have any specific thoughts on the brock lesnar another fake cash in with seth Rollins? Yeah,
0: i hate it okay while this was a better handling than raw the week before how am i ever going to get past that plot hole adam You're going to explain to me that Brock is so evil that he wouldn't cash in on a beaten down and prone Seth Rollins on Raw because he wanted to wait until Saudi Arabia. And I don't hate the theory in Heyman costing him if it goes somewhere. There's there's a story there. The problem is you can't get past what happened last Monday. You can't. It's insulting. So, again, end of story, end of conversation. I gave you a hot 30 seconds. Let's move on.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You nailed it, man. Like uh, the fact that they promoted Lesnar on TV two weeks ago as, oh, he's definitely going to cash in tonight one week after he didn't know what the rule was. And then they promote him there as like he's going to have a match because he's one of the big names on a card. And they don't even give them a match with Brock Lesnar. They just give him five minutes. They fly him all the way to Saudi Arabia just to do that. I mean, it's, it's a joke. And the only thing I can say is they are proving me wrong, yes, in that my biggest criticism for Brock winning the briefcase was that, oh, my God, he's going to cash it in at Blood Money in the Sand 3, and the whole point of this is to have someone with it for a year and be a threat and make the storylines exciting. So I was wrong. I will take the L on that because they didn't have him cash in. And he is a threat with the title because he can win it literally at any time. They're pointing us towards Rollins. I wouldn't be surprised if they give us a swerve. And on that first episode of SmackDown on Fox, if Kofi's still champion or if there's another face that's champion, he cashes it in and wins. And no, it's a swerve the entire time.
0: just no thought. There's no thought put into... There's no care. Ple- yeah. Exactly. It's just a lack of care. So again, because, why it? Because Brian. Sorry, man.
1: So be, because guess what you can do? Your first episode on SmackDown on Fox, book face champion versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE championship. You don't need a Money in the Bank briefcase. Just book it. The main event of our first ever show on Fox has Brock Lesnar. And people are going to watch. That ratings won't be any lower than they would be with him with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Whereas otherwise, that could be on Andrade. It could be on Aleister Black. Ricochet. Someone who can actually use it to get the hell over. The only other point I had from this, and we will move on, uh, Alexa Bliss and Natalia. They fly them over there. And apparently there's some agreement or they were in the middle of conversations with the Saudi Arabian government about allowing the first ever women's match. They fly these two over there. According to Meltzer and whoever else, they were negotiating up until the start of the event and somehow don't get the agreement to have them on the show. I mean, what the hell are they doing over there if they can't get a women's match? And we've seen them in Abu Dhabi wearing the complete body suits. We saw uh, Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. They had a good match. The women loved it. The kids loved it. It was great. They can't even, in this agreement, get them to put a women's match on the show. What kind of backward shit is this?
0: Uh, yeah let's 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 move on i mean that's a reason enough not to tune in anymore or care
1: okay well at least i got to say it all right brian something that excited you and i for the first time in a long time since january
0: good god
1: new japan pro wrestling dominion 6.9 was last week and and we talked about it on last week's show we were not excited because they were three matches there was really no storyline build for much of any of them um and it was just like, okay, we'll watch it because we know Dominion will be good because we know NJPW is good wrestling. But Brian,
0: man, it was great. It this was... show delivered to me. Oh my God. Ah! I mean, just hear that. Hear that. Feel it. Feel all of that. Um, look, it's, it's, it's L time. I was wrong. And one of our great listeners, the great Christopher Niren at C Niren, I won't read the whole DM, but just one line that really stands out. Reports of the demise of NJPW just may have been exaggerated. You're right. They were exaggerated by myself in the Silver King. We were only going on feelings in that moment. And you know what, Adam? I was wrong. New Japan Wrestling's core of what makes them good isn't necessarily Kenny and Cody and the Bucks, even though you have to give Kenny, Cody, and the Bucks and being the elite credit for really getting into the American wrestling public consciousness and making us care through that window, through that vehicle. Yep. We thought they couldn't do it without them in a lot of ways. And now look, this card and this rant from me is certainly fueled by the addition of Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley. So it's not like they lost those guys and, oh, it's still great. I mean, they did plug in some very unrecognizable names who carried big loads for them in the past week. But speaking of carrying big loads, (gasps) NJPW (laughs) still has it, Adam. They never (laughs) lost it. This show was fan-freaking-tastic. And you know what I realized? I want AEW to be something that it may never be. And again, we're going to give them a chance. But the parts of me that has... S- slight fears, because if people think I, I think AEW is the best thing that's ever happened and there's no flaws. No, I just believe in what it could <laughs> be. But the fears, the fears that I have with an AEW is that it's a little too much ROH-ish. It's a little Correct. too much lower rent indie. Some of the comedy is a little too cheesy slash not cheesy in a we don't get it way. Tre- cheesy and like we're trying a little too hard in this area. You know how I want my steak cooked? In Japan, Kobe style, Kobe style. And this is why my original vision for the revolution was to have everything centralized and one organization make a run at WWE. And it was, of course, as you know, the New Japan, North American expansion that really hasn't fully taken off. Now, look what the revolution could really mean. It's just that there's other wrestling organizations making a dent in WWE and making them wake up. And then if WWE changes, we all win. Because guess what? You can enjoy all of them. Even BC, the indie lover, is not telling you to stop watching WWE. I'm just telling you that it's no longer a priority in my life and probably shouldn't be in yours. But what NJPW did this weekend was just remind you that they're great. Adam, I know NXT can... Seems to be able to best them more consistently on takeovers, and I'll give them that credit, and NXT is amazing. It mixes what we love about the indies with that WWE taste and feel, but I love NJPW when they play the high notes even more. Maybe it's because in the 80s, I loved me some Jim Crockett promotions and UWF, and I watched WWF, but that's where my wrestling foundation was built And this style, it just, oh, my God, I love it. And I had to wake up again and take the L and realize, B.C., AEW might work out, and it might be great, and I might love it the whole way. But NJPW is what makes my freaking loins heat up. And, I mean, it just makes me feel things that I just don't feel anywhere else. (laughs) Hook the – no, hook the dong. I mean, it's just – it's there, Adam. So let me hit you up with this quick DM, and then we can break this thing down. Uh, Do you know Juan at someone else? Great guy. You know that guy? No, but good
1: username. I like it.
0: BC, let me take Damn. you to my Sunday night. I successfully avoided all Dominion spoilers. I watched most of the show in the morning, but I knew I couldn't watch the final two matches until way later in the evening. My girlfriend was watching her show, so I watched on my headphones Ibushi versus Naito had me uncontrollably saying, oh my God, in Joey Styles' voice. I thought I witnessed the death of Ibushi. My girlfriend actually paused her show to witness what I was losing my mind over. She also thought she had seen Ibushi's neck being snapped before her eyes. Then he beat the count and continued to have one of the best matches of the year. Sorry to drag this on, but the moral of the story is Dominion is everything I needed as a pro wrestling fan. A showcase of Moxley, Osprey making the leap into top five category, Obushi versus Naito embodied everything NJPW is about, then Jericho Okada put on a hell of a title match with a big fight feel. Simply amazing. I didn't think there would be a chance I'd be watching the G1 this year. Hey, Juan, you weren't the only one, but now we have Kenta. You
1: weren't the only, you weren't the only Juan.
0: And Great point. And now we have Kenta and Moxley added to it. I'm locked in. I don't know if I should thank you, BC, or be upset that State of Combat got me into NJPW because now I'll be waking up at obscene hours to catch this action. Silver King had to love this show as much as I did. If not, I'll be more than happy to pull up to Connecticut for a revolution-only podcast. If anyone thinks WWE can touch that in 2019... They should be ashamed of themselves. Adam, I didn't even give you my take on it because someone else just nailed it. But he did ask a question in there, painting you as some sort of non-NJPW guy who can't smell or taste or hear a great piece of meat. I'm going to give you a chance to defend yourself. That show, Adam, where did it touch you? Because like Juan said, for me, this is how I want my wrestling.
1: I'm not going to defend myself. I'm the one that put NJPW on our show last week. And made sure we talked about Dominion. I love NJPW just as much as you do. You put you it on our show. People, I reached
0: out to you and said we can't forget to talk about this, and you were like, "Oh, I forgot it was this week." So let's not. I did not say I forgot it. I, said I have history. it on
1: our. I, "Excuse me, sir." I said, "I have it on our rundown. We're definitely going to be talking about it." Damn right. It. So uh, this, this, this story that you've concocted—that you have certain segments of our listenership believing that I don't love things as much as you do. It's preposterous yeah, great. because how do I know that? Because I have another segment of our listenership that sends me messages saying, Why does BC misrepresent your takes constantly? And I say, You know what, folks? I don't know, but I can't make an argument because his is the name that's on our marquee. This is what I'm going to say Brian, NXT is the greatest promo- wrestling promotion on the planet right now, independent of WWE. You know, I feel that way. I think you agree. And if not, I think it's very close for you. But man, NJPW, everything that you just said, they took me from a headspace of, ah, I, I don't know if I have time for this. With everything else that's going on, there's now these AEW events that we have to watch and WWE, we still have to follow and it will be SummerSlam season soon and college football starting up for me. And I still have two more golf majors coming up that I have to work. Um, and it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch Dominion. I have a free weekend. I'm packing my apartment. I'm really excited. I'll be able to watch it and do it simultaneously. I didn't pack a damn thing because I was sitting on my couch glued to this television, Brian. This NJPW, we've said it before. I'm not going to say this Dominion was special. It did not compare to last year's Dominion. It did not compare to a couple of the Wrestle Kingdoms that we've seen recently, really the last three. In fact, out of the last six Dominion slash Wrestle Kingdoms, this was the worst. That doesn't mean it was bad, though. It was freaking great. Uh, you're talking about you know Moxley being there and obviously we're also we also need to talk about his match with Juice Robinson that preceded it there's other things that happened as well but man just watching this event watching how they ended it with Chris Jericho and Kazuchika Okada all the feel spots it, this is what i want this is the type of professional wrestling that i want and what it really did more than anything else it got silver king to say I was not on the fence about whether NJPW was good. I was on the fence about whether I had time for it. Yes. I am going to make time in July to watch the G damn G one. I am not missing a single major match from that show.
0: Okay. That you just nailed it. I was nervous that I I knew I wasn't going to have the time or the, or the, I couldn't make it. I couldn't justify it. Right. Right. I couldn't couldn't justify it. it now with Dean Ambrose, John Moxley coming out and he beat a, he beat a farmhand, uh, a young boy, in, in the opening match here uh, of this card. And then he cuts a great promo afterwards, and he cut an even better one after afterwards in the backstage area when he dragged that young boy out. We can get Bernie style and hold up his dead body and talk and trash to him. And he declares that he's going for the G1. And this is siren. This is, this is feel that, feel all of that. He's making this now. I have to watch it. And then you add on that Shingo who just had, and by the way, he's talking about taking Nels. Last week we did the show right after that Best of Super Juniors card in NJPW. And I mentioned I went on my rant that Will Ospreay's probably top five in the world and not enough people are realizing that that match with Shingo, I had fast forward through a lot of it, the, the main event, the the, 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 the junior title. Good God I went back and watched it after 50 people DM'd me and were like, BC, that's the match of the year in all of wrestling. Holy friggin' crap was that match incredible. And Shingo's in the G1. And we know the, the regular players outside of Omega are going to be there. And now you have Kenta, Hideo Itami from WWE on this same Dominion card coming out with Shibata as his manager and adding to that. And then, Adam, the show ended, of course, with that real sports-style press conference they do afterwards. This was after the broadcast. Chris Jericho comes out after the main event. And he cuts a a... a legendary old Chris Jericho, 50-year-old guy promo, just ripping everything, dropping F-bombs, and he teases. And I'm not saying he's going to be be in in it, but he teases. He teases that he's going to be in the G1 and even drops, you need to call me Chris G1-ico. And just for that moment, I was like, whether he's in it or not, the tease of it is making me pop. And those other names I mentioned, this is now must-see. I have to see this because Adam, John Moxley, and we talked about it last week, He's he's Becky Lynch the man. He's Stone Cold Light. He's making you have to see every time he's on the damn screen. Could you imagine him in the G1 against Suzuki against every possible name out there? This is insane. Oh, and Jericho cutting that promo saying, Oh yeah, and John Moxley, don't forget. I didn't I, I remember when you ripped up my light my light up jacket that time. Fifteen
1: thousand dollar, fifteen thousand dollar jacket. You still on me, yeah. God, I love uh this. You, you also missed that Will Ospreay is daring NJPW to put him in it. They don't usually put super juniors like him in there, so he's saying, "Put me in the G one. I want to be in the G one." So the, there's the possibility that we have Moxley, Kenta, Shingo, and Osprey, plus the normal assortment of Tanahashi and Kazuki Okada, Abushi, yes. Juice Robinson, all these other guys. Ishii. This is going to be an incredible G one. That does not mean it's it's without its flaws because there are some flaws, and maybe we'll briefly discuss. But I just don't want to gloss over dominion completely no we're going to get to that but but hold on so okay. we're, sta- we're stuck in the macro for a second wait. so it, so fine on the macro then on the macro then they have taken the g1 and they have said to me hey silver king you didn't think you were going to watch it all yes. you were going to you were going to wait more importantly you were going to wait for people to tell you what matches to watch no i want to be the one telling people what matches to watch <laughs> i gotta watch it li- as live as possible you know you know how this works brian we always Start out, we watch the first few live, and then we get a couple behind. Middle of July, we catch up, and then we're there live for the end. It's how it goes probably for everyone. It's just – the truth is it's too much damn wrestling in too short of a period of time. The, the where, where I'm seeing flaws, though, good on NJPW for deciding to come to the United States and to, to open it up in Dallas and to have Moxley there. That's a really good draw for them. And to have a bunch of other Americans slash Englishmen on the card so there is representation for – People of our ilk uh, who might be watching the show. Are you talking
0: about white people or are you talking about Americans?
1: Yeah, Caucasians.
0: Right. Caucasians and, and Americans.
1: Um, but man, according to, you know, seat maps and according to other people, they ain't selling that show yet. And that's not looking good.
0: Yeah, well, look, I, you can question how NJPW has ha- handled this sort of aborted North American uh, launch, and and but here's the deal: wrestling is so damn good right now, combined around the world, and the fact that they have now made this tournament must see at a time that you just so eloquently explained we weren't going to watch it. Now we have to think about this. This is sort of the last thing before all or not, all in two or whatever the AEW calling it, and then the launch of their weekly show. So how? badass is this summer going to be and the fact that we have an early summer slam this year that's going to happen the week the the week probably what before the end of the g1 i don't know how, how it all times out but this is going to be a badass stretch of pro wrestling and yes with the g1 being this stacked again not commercially but critically it puts pressure on wwe for us hardcores who are already watching this crap to say why why do it I I didn't watch the Saudi thing, and that was the first pay-per-view in a long time that I straight up just didn't care outside of the two or three matches I knew I had to watch. And should I care about Stomping Grounds or Extreme Rules or any Raw SmackDown when I know I could be watching this other stuff? It's happening, Adam. It's actually happening. And this G1 on a macro level for NJPW to say, no, we're still in this, I pop for it. I love it. And when we originally got into NJPW, and Omega deserves that credit. He got us into it. He was doing 17-star matches.
1: And and Okada, Omega and Okada. One of the yeah. things
0: we were basically saying was, well, you know, it's fine, but, you know, they don't have a weekly show, which I, I still to this day say the lack of a weekly yep. show in the U.S. And I know the access one, but it's not what we expect yeah. wrestling it's fans. Okay. It sort of hurts them. It does. But here's the thing. Since we already have so much wrestling to watch. I kind of like it. It's actually refreshing that I don't necessarily need to be putting in so many hours with NJPW so that when it's time to actually watch it, and not just this card, this is their equivalent of SummerSlam, but I mean, they, they seem to once a month or every two, three weeks have something that I'll get a DM from somebody be like, hey, don't forget to watch this this weekend. You're not going to want to miss it. So when we do watch it, Adam, it delivers huge. They don't wear us down with this other content, and it really pins it back on WWE. We never asked for this many hours of television from WWE. It's really a gluttonous you know, move on their part to try to cash in as much as they can. And by the way, they've done it amazingly with these TV contracts. But if you cannot fill out these hours with enough stuff to make it worth watching, then it's a fail. In this case, now that NGPW is just a slice of our pie and not trying to become the whole thing, they've become a a a high-end niche thing for us where it's like, Oh, that's the $15 bottle of beer that I buy once a month when I'm feeling good about myself. And damn, does it deliver, Adam. It's, pre- it's never yeah. going to be our daily, but it is freaking amazing. No, that's not the yeah, – you're right. That's not
1: the during or after or, or pre-dinner beer. That's the, hey, the, we're going out with the guy Saturday. We're going to go to a craft beer bar. Let's go enjoy some NJPW, some Kobe. Um, You're right. That's what it is. And if AEW didn't exist and if we didn't know they were about to give us a two-hour television show, then my opinion would be the same. NJPW needs some type of weekly United States imprint to keep me going on their storylines and keep me updated. But because AEW is giving us this show, and you're right, because there's so much WWE product. I mean they give seven hours of matches a week when you combine main roster with NXT and 205. It should probably be two hours less. Um, but because of that, no, we don't need that anymore. They are giving us the right amount of NGPW content. It's just that it's worked out that way. You know what I mean? It shouldn't have been that way, but it has worked out that way. But Brian, we do. We have a lot of show left. I want to talk about Dominion before we miss everything. We already talked about the three big names that are going to be in the G1 that we know of. Four big names. I'm sorry. I'm including Osprey because I assume they're going to put them in. Um, oh, stop on Osprey
0: ever- for one, one second, real quick. I want to get since this is a, a show where we're refreshingly taking our L's and we're saying, "Yeah, I missed that. I booted it." Adam, I went back and watched the Shingo match, and I watched the Dragon Lee match at Dominion. Mm-hmm. In which, holy cow, did it unveil my feel hole. I love it. I loved everything, the intensity, the moves. I loved it. I had, a, for the second straight week, another one of those, oh my god, Will Osprey is at worst top five in the world. Like, he's so damn freaking amazing. And I put it out on Twitter, and I was pleased to see, yeah, there were a couple of WWE Homer responses who probably don't know anyone in Japan and were like, oh, come on, he's just a flip-floppy. But Corey Graves tweeted back at me and was like, um, is anyone actually debating this? That he's not top five in the world? And I wanted to give you the chance. I'm not putting you on court, not putting you on trial. I, understand. I, understand. I wanted to give you the chance. You said he just doesn't do it for you. Adam, you watched him against Dragon Lee. You probably watched part of that Shingo match yeah. at least. This Are you saying this guy's not top five in the world? No, I, I watched both.
1: He's a great wrestler. Anyone who puts them in their in their top five, their personal top five, zero arguments. I will never tell you you're wrong. He's just not in mine. It's not my cup of tea. It's, it's not the type of wrestling that I really like. It is too much flip-flopping. It is a little too much gymnastics and choreography. Um, there are certain ricochet matches that I absolutely love. There's others that I'm like, this guy's just doing flips. And, and it's not that that's bad. It's just not really the wrestling that I love. So – No, in the Silver King's top five, he ain't there. Um, He's probably in the bottom of my top ten, but that is not to say that I fault anyone for saying he's in their top five or even their number one. He is a legitimate option. He's in the pool of
0: candidates. That was sober. He's just not not in mine. Uh, uh, Silver King, that was very sober of you. I respect it. It's
1: always sober. Silver King, except for Friday and Saturday night, is always sober talking about professional wrestling. Brian, did we ever get to talk about Moxley Winning the United States Championship or no?
0: Yes. Last week's show. All right. So
1: we'll skip over well, that. But on that point,
0: people were I, I got a couple people uh tweeting me going, Oh yeah, of course you, you put over everything NJPW does. If this happened on WWE with no storyline on day one giving him a title, you would flip. Uh no, I really wouldn't, by the way, because well obviously coming a- in on day one and winning this, and by the way, it's not their major title, it's their US title. Um yeah. AJ Styles won the big title on his first day. At an NJPW and it was a big signing for him to come in and take over the Bullet Club in or was it maybe maybe it wasn't the the big title anyway he won a title on his first day in there and it's sort of like them getting Dean Ambrose it's not like nobody doesn't know who he is that's giant putting him over with a belt on day one are you kidding me
1: if when AJ debuted he didn't debut at the Rumble or if he did debut at the Rumble it was in a intercontinental title match with the Miz and he won the title you'd be flipping out it was great I don't, I agree with the theory that, man, give this guy a storyline, give him a reason to have this match with Juice to win the title. But they did kind of create one on social media to make it worthwhile. The truth is, as much as we like Juice Robinson, as much as we think he's a great promo, having Moxley debut for you in a match like that and giving him the damn strap, that's the right booking. It just is. is. You treat, you treat stars like stars. He's a star. He's their biggest, you know, Jericho's there. Yeah moxley might be their biggest american star because he's an active he was just an active wrestler in wwe and everyone in that crowd knew who he was
0: and if you want to make it if you want to keep him in your promotion we don't know i don't know at least maybe you do uh moxley's exact contract situation of how long he can be in njpw but uh making him feel good probably a good idea
1: probably a good idea okay uh intercontinental championship let's just talk naito Ibushi. naito wins the title back pretty cool they're almost trying to do a like a Becky Two Belts thing with Naito. He wants to go off, go after the IWGP heavyweight championship also. The reason I liked this was more booking than match because Ibushi had gotten over him when we saw him at G1 supercard at Madison Square Garden, which I'm just going to say that a lot. G1 supercard at Madison Square Garden. It was so cool that I was actually there. Um, but this is smart to me because you have Kota Ibushi now on a three year contract. And you know what match I want at Wrestle Kingdom, whatever number it is, 15, 16, 14. I want 14. I want Kazuchika Okada. Kota Ibushi in the main event.
0: Oh, that'd be so good. That'd be so good. Didn't we get that in the G1? We got a little little teaser. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, that'd be so amazing. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Uh,
1: so I I liked it, but let's be honest, man. That spot can't happen. The suplex on the apron. It was the bad. German.
0: It was bad. Um, we can't do these things like it's no. A joke. And the the, the follow up headbutt from Naito. Look, guys. Um. Uh, what's his name? Um. The guy who got who got who lost his career to the headbutt. The guy who walked out. Uh, who walked out, uh, Kenta. You know who I'm going Shibata. Oh, Shibata. Shibata. I mean, yeah. you go back and watch that Shibata headbutt two years ago from Okada. Like, this guy was in his prime, about to really bust out, and his career's over now. Um, hey, New Japan in general. You can do the mail-in WWE headbutt where you headbutt the guy in the upper chest. Why are we head? Why are we going head-on head contact in 2019? Like, uh, good lord. Okay. Now I will say that undermining. You know me part of my love for NJPW is that they flirt with that line of paralyzation. Do I want anybody to get hurt? No! But the fact that they tend to train their neck stronger and they do these wild moves, it's part of the entertainment. But after he take that shot on the apron in which his head just bent and neck bent at a horrific angle and they're lucky he was able to continue to go right up to a top rope spot where he basically gets yeah. dropped on his head again and then to get headbutted I watched the rest of that match like ee- like pins and needles the whole time um little too much for me but their yeah. chemistry that match yeah good god yeah we're talking about two Tra- of the three best wrestlers in the world i said that out loud two of the three best wrestlers in the world I- i'm with you there
1: uh listen train your necks all you want stop dropping people on their effing necks and heads it's a joke protect your neck stop it uh heavyweight championship okada jericho This got a lot of criticism, Brian. Not from from who? From who? Jericho got some criticism for not looking great, not being great in the match, and Japanese fans criticized it because of the way they finished, that they didn't, they, they, having Jericho take out Okada, not giving him the opportunity to speak to the crowd, which is a tradition. NJPW ending the show on Jericho's promo and him walking out and Tanahashi obviously coming and saving and just ending it there. There was criticism, I think mostly nationally there, but internationally too, didn't really like it. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna give you a a long take here. Dude, I freaking loved it. That is legitimate heel heat. That is Chris Jericho being ideal Chris Jericho. It's the perfect attack after the match. The loss was the exact same way Okada beat Omega the first time. I liked that callback. It was, I mean, the match wasn't amazing. It was a good match, but that finish was fantastic. Tanahashi jumping over the railing, Jericho cutting that awesome promo on him and being a total a-hole. That's great.
0: That's that's classic Chris Jericho. Oh, man, I'm fired up for this. I think it fell out of place because it was WWE-style booking in an NJPW show, and people seem to hate that. But again... There's nothing wrong with sampling. NXT is a sample of everything that's great in wrestling. There's nothing wrong with sampling. And in this case, keeping Jericho strong, not just for the fact that he's entering into a title match at AEW when they launch their their next show and their weekly show, but he seems like he wants to do a little bit more big work with with uh, NJPW. Everything you said was perfect. And by the way, I didn't think it was just a good match. I actually thought it was very good. It's not five-star. It's not the best of NJPW. Chris Jericho at 48 or 49 certainly has limitations, but I feel like he's figured out who he is at forty eight, forty nine. 49. He can't really wrestle even the same style he could three years ago in WWE, that same sort of activity level and work rate. He's now a hybrid of a brawler, of a few different things. You may not love the sad clown sort of face paint thing he's going, but I like this character he's doing. I think he's figured out how to get the best out of his body and still do the shtick with stealing the camera and giving people middle fingers, and doing all that. And I feel overall that, like, it was a really good match, just like I thought the rematch with Kenny Omega and AEW was really good. Four and a quarter, four and a half stars to me. And I love the finish book, the way it was booked, because it was almost like Okada didn't really beat Jericho. Like, he surprised him with a, with a kind of a roll-up, but he didn't flatten him. He didn't hit his finisher. He didn't straight up beat Jericho. He bested him. He won the battle. He didn't win the war. And then to give Jericho back his heat, and nobody does it better than Jericho in that spot, I really loved everything about it because at this point with Jericho, you're not going to put the, the IWGP title on him, but you still want to use him for your giant shows. And the idea of, if that was just some one-off where we got a dream match of Jericho and and uh, Okada, hell yeah! And now we're going to get a dream match of Jericho and Tanahashi? Hell yeah! So the way they booked that... You're not going to have Jericho forever. Put him in these programs that matter. He makes it worthwhile with the promos he cuts afterwards. It's all gravy. It's all fantastic, Adam.
1: And you maybe get a rematch with Okada down the line too, which would be awesome. to have, For him to be able to do Tanahashi, Okada, and then maybe leave and be exclusive AEW after that, that's fantastic. That's how you, or maybe Suzuki a year from now or something fun like that, that's how you use Jericho. But you actually said like he's he's pulled it back. I disagree. I think he's in great shape. He did a springboard dropkick. He did the lion salt. He's still doing things he should not be doing at <laughs> that, his that age. Is true. He, imp- he impresses me a lot, greatly. It's just don't be criticizing WWE for having Brock Lesnar win the briefcase because of his age when you're like 10 years older than him and main eventing in an IWGP heavyweight championship match at Dominion. Like, let's not be hypocritical there. Let me love you for being Chris Jericho and for being amazing. I
0: think I don't
1: don't need you take. I don't need you taking shots at the quote unquote competition because of age when you're older and in an even more prominent position.
0: I think the take was more of like just going back to the same thing over and over again and not pushing anybody. And if you got to give Jericho credit, he he's still lingering and they're using his name for things but it's not like he's going over and he's the champion now if he ends up winning the AEW championship I'll change my tune i think he should job to hangman that's my take on it oh so, i think he should win the
1: title i actually disagree
0: so i don't i, can, think I completely it's, i
1: completely disagree with that when jericho's in there uh, i
0: don't think it's gratuitous when vince keeps going back to the well with brock without a good story just for the sake of it to try to save things it's gratuitous
1: no that's true but he had mentioned his age which is what the issue that i took with it um but i got to say you mentioned like how this was a WWE-style ending. Here's the difference. WWE, the way that match ends, is during the match, he pisses off Tanahashi. Maybe another point in the match, he gets thrown into him. Tanahashi would climb the, the thing, either distract him during the match, Okada would roll him up, Jericho would be pissed. This, they gave us a clean finish. And then Jericho continued attacking him after. Then they brought in Tanahashi, who wasn't just in commentary for that match. He was in commentary for like the final three matches. So he was solidly there. He wasn't just brought out for that moment. That's why Gato is such a good booker, because it all so makes good. sense. All the puzzle pieces, pieces, I should say, fall together. Now, hey, real, real,
0: w- real quick on NJPW, uh, did you notice the spot of the night, how insane it was in the Dragon Lee-Will Osprey match? Did you see Dragon Lee do that suicide dive? not only through the ropes, but he had Osprey sitting up on the railing outside and followed through with a suicide dive clothesline through the ropes across the area on the floor, clotheslines Osprey off the barrier wall, and then through the announce tables behind him and crushed some Asian dude sitting there. Like, just absolutely <laughs> destroyed that guy. Adam, that's, that's a spot on a danger, scare you level of the first NJPW spot that, like, not again, not tickled my fuel, not anything like full-on penetration, and that's the moonsault Kenny Omega did in the first Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom 11 when he backflipped over the railing uh, right. onto him into the crowd, and you're like, that's some ECW-ish right there. Like, that's some yeah. insanity. Wow. That spot. Wow.
1: Truly great. Truly great. Now, we've talked WWE and JPW. Let's clean up a little AEW. We are, by the way, folks, going to bring you here or zero the return today but some quick aew stuff i don't really know what else you have in your docket but fighter fest the, you know that the combination event with ceo gaming i think it's in daytona beach florida they're gonna actually offer that for free on bleacher report live i think personally that's a smart move because it ain't really a great card did you have any thoughts on that anything else AEW you wanted to bring up
0: no i'm actually good on AEW. I, um they say i don't criticize the things i love being the elite Uh -uh. not not moving me anymore. I'm not getting through it. I'm trying and I'm going, you know what? When is this over? It's just not working for me. I hope the weekly product on TV has better presentation of storylines, jokes, all that, than what we're getting right now. I feel like they're mailing it in. Um, I'm interested in Fighter Fest. I think it's smart that they are putting it out there for free. There's certain appearances and matches that we feel like we need to see that will continue along the storytelling until we get to All In 2. I got some odds. I got an email with odds. On uh, all 2 from Bovada, did no, you thanks. get that email? You're not into that no, stuff. No thanks. No. All right. There, there's there's a line on if CM Punk's going to come back there. And what's sorry,
1: uh, right, fine. What's the line? What's the line on that? The
0: line was uh, was uh, it's loading. Okay, I got it. Uh, yes, minus two twenty. No, plus one fifty five. How is it? How is it worded? Will CM Punk appear at all? Oh, Out?
1: yeah. Uh, that's a that's a good line. That's I think he'll, I do think he's going to show up. Right, I don't do you, think he's going to be in AEW. I do think he's going to show up.
0: What do you think of this line? Who will be the first? Well, Dean Ambrose was the first, but who will be the next WWE superstar to sign and a pair in WWE? They have Ziggler plus 200, and then descending from there, Finn Balor, Shinsuke, Luke Harper, Revival, Rusev, and Sasha Banks at plus 1,000. So they're basically saying on this line that Ziggler's next. You agree with that?
1: Well, I no, I don't agree with that, because Ziggler gets like million-dollar handshake contracts to – appear like on 12 you know or on four pay-per-views and like 12 smackdowns a year so no i don't agree with that i think the money's probably on the revival um but sh- uh, it was announced actually while we were taping sean spears fka ty dillinger has officially become hashtag all elite as if there was any doubt yeah he was he showed in the up. damn
0: battle royal
1: yeah but they signed him officially so they have another Do low you think carter he can get Bay his carter.
0: wife Peyton royce to come along with him no I don't,
1: because they are over as hell and Vince McMahon loves him some iconics.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm with you. Yes. He does.
1: Okay. BC. Let's, let's do this. It's been a couple months.
0: Uh, I don't know where. Hero
1: or zero. Look, folks, we haven't really done this for a couple reasons. We've had a lot to talk about, a lot of AEW stuff. Also, WWE, it's been ranting. And you heard at the beginning of the show. We just want to rant about WWE. There's a couple one-off topics I thought we should address this week. BC gave me the opportunity to put together Hero or Zero. Let's see how it goes. Lightning Round Edition, BC. Shane McMahon has been over with fans for years. People have loved him. Now he's a heel, and he's basically... It's almost like they're revolving shows around him and this Roman Reigns, Miz storyline with the revival, Andrew McIntyre and Elias. I don't know what's going on. It's almost like they're trying to do Corporation 2 without actually creating a faction that we maybe would actually like. Are they now overusing Shane McMahon particularly in this role, Hero Zero. All
0: right, I'll give you a hero that right now they're overusing him. He's on there every night in the main spot to have two simultaneous feuds, one with Roman Reigns and one with The Miz now, and to go back to the well in The Miz feud, where I know Miz never had his babyface win at the end, but guys, we're stretching this out. Yes, it's gratuitous, but within that, Shane's still delivering. Shane's still bringing it. Twenty nineteen heel Shane is like doing some of the best work of the of the late end of his career. You can argue maybe even the best work. Uh, I mean, look, prime Shane to me, of course, is is you know early two thousands heel Shane. I think he was even better then than he was in the in the straight up Attitude era. But this is good. It's too much. But here's how you. Make it okay that it's too much. Here's how you bring it together. It would be a hero if they did what we want them to do and is make an actual faction and not an authority corporate faction. Make a real faction. Look at the players you have. Drew McIntyre to be the muscle. Elias to be the comedy. And now, did you get the tease on Monday night when they told The Revival, If basically, if you go out and win those Raw tag titles, you can hang with us. When they won it, I started popping on the inside because I go, how many times on this show have I said we need a modern-day horseman and the guys that should be in it are definitely The Revival and then you can build around them. Shane McMahon, as a Ric Flair-esque, whether you love him in The Horseman or you love him in Evolution, playing that role in some non-League of Nations non bastardized faction that would make it justifiable that he would show up on so many moments on both shows because he's protecting and representing all these guys in his faction it would be cool it would be hip I'd put all the belts on that faction and let it be badass that could be a hero right now it's a little bit more of a zero in terms of the overuse but again 2019 Shane Heal brings it
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, the, the question was, is he overused? Yeah. It's a hero. He is, it's being overused. And I don't mind fans chanting boring or uh, the things they're chanting. For me, that the segments are going on a little too long. For example, you had this uh, best in the world where he drank, they drank, they celebrated, they drank out of the cup like it was the Stanley cup. Nice callback considering it is hockey season and they're doing that. But Drew McIntyre cut a bomb ass promo on Roman Reigns. And it should have ended and gone to commercial there. Instead, they spent another five minutes on them being silly, drinking champagne, the revival coming out, going to commercial. They had the opportunity for something that really would, like, hit you. Like, McIntyre cut a damn good promo on Reigns. And it was just, oh, now they're trying to get into comedy and it's going too long. And then to have it repeat with Miz TV, two Miz TVs, two Shane McMahons. Again, give me a Buddy Murphy match. Give me some of these other things I want to see. I love Shane as a performer. I like him in doses. And the, the, what, I, what I brought up, what you're talking about with a faction, if you actually want to put them together as a faction and give them a name and do something, I'm in. But otherwise, it's just this loosey-goosey, Elias is there, but he only shows up on SmackDown, McIntyre's on both, Revival's only on Raw. It's What are you actually doing with this group and what actually are the storylines? And is it all a means to an end for Roman to or Miz to eventually go over Shane and just then it all fizzles out and you do different storylines. So it could be a hero in terms of it actually working, but it's a hero right now in terms of it being completely overused.
0: Adam, Hero Zero number two. Now that we are a few weeks in, can you appreciate the WWE 24-7 title and its comedy aspects or is it a failure in your eyes? Uh,
1: zero, it is a massive, massive failure. There are moments. It has its moments. The airplane, the tarmac. It's funny. The golf course, pretty good. But every single thing that's decent about the 24-7 title, it's all a surprise roll-up and a account. There's no wrestling. When you had the WWE hardcore title, you had impromptu matches. They would last three, four minutes. they would be foreign objects. There'd be fun things happening. All they're doing with this 24-7 t- title, the only way they know how to book it is to have people chase him and try to roll him up. That ain't it. Have matches in the ring. Have someone have him running backstage. Someone knocks him over the head, drags him out to the ring, and gets a referee and says, hey, we're having a match, and have a seven-minute match in the ring. Have a match in the loading dock area where they go back and forth, and our truth or whoever holds the title doesn't just run away. They were so void of creativity that this week they couldn't figure out what else to do with the 24-7 title. So they locked our truth first in an elevator and then in a road case on back-to-back shows because they didn't want to keep doing roll-ups and chasing. They don't know what to do with this. Hey, WWE Creative, I laid it out two or three weeks ago on this podcast. Listen to the Silver King's booking for the 24-7 title. How to treat it, a couple rules to put in place. You have a piece of gold. Real gold, not that piece of green and yellow crap that R-Truth has around his waist. Zero.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, we can move on. It just—it it, <laughs> just—it makes—and I hate it because I love our truth and I love to see him get time, but not like this. And it sucks because you know, in a meeting, somebody said, "Hey, remember we used to do that hardcore title? Let's bring it back." And oh, that's a great idea. And they did it just like in a meeting. You had to believe somebody said, "Hey, remember we used to do those uh video vignette packages, looking back on things? Let's do three an episode for no reason now and just completely just it's, it's yeah all right anyway yeah we,
1: we can't we can't go an episode without Roman Reigns, so let's do vignettes on him just so people don't forget our biggest star. Although. They didn't do that this week. All right, BC, next up here. Um, you know, Sasha Banks. We, we like her a lot. I really like her. I think she's one of the three best women in the company. She hasn't been around since WrestleMania. There's been a lot of rumors. Recent reports have her taping content for the WWE 2K20 video game, first in the Northeast area this week, according to PW Insider, in Orlando, Florida. But that doesn't mean Sasha's slowed down her social media game where she likes tweets about AEW, hints at her unhappiness, etc. Do you think she's playing fans with all of this? Or do you think she's actually not long for WWE anymore? Hero or Zero?
0: So it's tough. My knee jerk reaction wants to be she's an artist. She wants out. They've done her wrong. But it doesn't seem like I mean, I know Neville Pock pulled it off, but nothing doesn't seem like somebody on her level could just be like, I'm done with you guys. I'm going to sit out the rest of my contract that WWE doesn't work that way. So the idea of the rumor coming out that she is involved in these video games they're not going to put her on the cover of a video game or put her in a commercial if she's going, okay? That's a giant wake-up call. So it leads me to believe they're keeping her out to build toward a giant reveal, maybe at SummerSlam or whatever, where she comes back and right away she's in a feud with a Becky Lynch-level person or a Charlotte or whatever, and it's for the title, and we're going to treat you like a superstar, and also you're going to be on the cover of our game, and you're getting everything you ever wanted. And in the meantime, yeah, we'll tease a few people. Cause by the way, did you notice booking wise this week, especially on, um, on, uh, Smackdown, a couple odd sort of fourth wall removals, New Day yeah. making the joke about Charlotte and booking. And there was another one about the Miz reading the, they're making me read this script thing. I think it's just a little bit more pandering to the, you know, to the people that are conspiracing and, and hoping and all this stuff. That video game thing changes everything for me, Adam.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that she legitimately. I don't think there was nothing legitimate about her anger. I believe it. I, I fully believe she didn't understand why they had to wait a year for these women's tag team titles to happen, only for her and Bailey to actually win them, and then only get two months with them and one defense, and then they have them lose at WrestleMania. That's what I said to you at Evolution or, or not Evolution. I forgot the pay per view where they debuted, but I said to him like, "Why do they have Sasha and Bailey win? Shouldn't they win at WrestleMania? That's the moment." That's what you want to get. You want to crown them. So I was always surprised about that. Um, But ultimately, I think, you know, it was also reported she had a meeting with Vince after this 2K20 shoot that was in the Northeast last week or two weeks ago, whatever the case. I think they are booking a return for Sasha, like you said, that is legitimately impactful. Like, I really hope Becky holds on to this title, this Raw Women's Championship, beats Lacey Evans, and maybe starting at Extreme Rules, Sasha Banks shows up after – Becky beats whoever just gets past whoever and beats the holy hell out of Becky is the old school NXT heel yes. legit boss, not the pandering baby face that we got with Bailey. And even when she was on her own and she's a full heel and goes into SummerSlam and be- like I said, beats the hell out of Becky wins the title and we get an extended Sasha Banks main event heel run fans love her. The pop for her coming back is going to be great. And if she turns heel, it's going to be – the heat is going to be insane. So it's a hero for me that I believe she's playing fans this entire time. I hope she comes back. She's better in WWE than she would be anywhere else, including AEW. It's the platform she needs and the competition she needs. I love me some Sasha Banks. Come back soon.
0: Wow, wow. All right, so Adam, number four, Chad Gable on Tuesday. Shortly after a sort of cryptic appearance on SmackDown in which he was looking over the shoulder – of Apollo Cruz and taking notes, then suddenly appears on 205 Live to open the episode, despite kind of being an afterthought earlier in the episode. I'm confused. Hero Zero <laughs> that this is a worthwhile move for him following his debut match against Jack Gallagher.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a hero purely because I want as much Chad Gable as I can get. Brian, you have the sign behind you. I am ready, willing and Gable for this guy to be on TV. He got a haircut, looks good, his look, I'm not I'm not a body guy like Vince. I'm not trying to bring what was it called? The IBF. What was the thing he tried to do? WBF. WBF?
0: The world. I mean, yeah, Vince loved that ish, man. He would get so fired yeah. up. Oh yes. I'm, I'm not I'm not
1: a body guy, but he looked freaking ripped and like huge and ready to go. He had the same music, which was great, new gear, new look. Man, I'm ready for Chad Gable. I when they moved him to SmackDown, I was holding out hope. He'd be involved in that mid-card picture in a legitimate way. Then the wild card rule came in. We already discussed that. But if he can get consistent quality matches on 205 Live and be able to put on tape, look how damn good I am. I need to be featured. And they keep him on SmackDown. This is all contingent that he stays on SmackDown as well because last two weeks he has been in the background of scenes taking these notes. It's a new character. It seems like they're going to do with him. Hopefully it's not Dean Douglas or something like that. Um, But I'll take as much Shaggyable as I can get. And if that means
0: him on 205 Live, fine. Hero. Here's the thing. 205 Live, especially since Triple H took over, it's really never been bad. I just never have time for it. And hearing about this and then you telling me to watch the 205 Live main event, which was a fatal four-way to declare the next title challenger for Tony Nese and check it out if you haven't. It's a really good match with an interesting ending. And I did. And you know what? I was entertained by the whole episode. The Canalis yeah. is backstage arguing with Drake Maverick and kind of calling him out for the same reasons we would as critical fans, going, "Why are you chasing this twenty four seven title? Back, you know, on Raw and SmackDown, you should be here doing your job, doing the stuff that matters." And by the way, Maria and Mike, great in this role. And they are. And Mike keeps liking tweets of people, including our own Cody R. Masters, Chef to the Stars, when people tweet out, "Can't wait to see." Mike Kanellis in AEW. So again, I don't know if they're actually jumping or if this is another sort of, uh,
1: let them go, let them go. I don't care. But I they say, are good.
0: I hope they go for their, their sake, but who if cares? they don't, who cares? I care. They're great. And they're really good on two hundred five live. And my whole point of the saying, this is why do you hate them? By the way, first of all,
1: look, it's not, it's so difficult to articulate it. So I don't want to like get into a whole thing, but They are not, in my opinion, they should not be in a position where they're complaining about their lot in WWE. They joined the company and got debuted on the main roster, not NXT, in an an angle with a gimmick that looked like it was going to work. And personal demons, and God bless him, he got help. Mike had a a drug problem. WWE completely paid for his rehab, let him rehab, let him come back on his own pace, booked him on house shows so he had steady work. And got a little extra money. They took care of him. Then he's ready to come back to the main roster. Maria gets pregnant. They take care of her pregnancy. She takes all the time off she wants. They finally are both ready to come back simultaneously. Because look, you don't want Mike without Maria. It's really a package deal. No offense to Mike. They're finally both ready to come back. And it's now like 18 months later. And they don't really have a spot for them on the main roster. So they put him on 205 Live and, and give him a legitimate opportunity. And then they start complaining about their lot in WWE. So I'm sorry, folks you don't get to complain when you take, not they didn't get time off, but when you take a year and a half, when you start your contract and are getting featured on SmackDown and go completely away from the main roster, you don't get to come back and be not happy after two well, months. We of complaining. not know and the wanna... full
0: story. Give yeah. me a break. We don't me a know break. the full story. I will say they're great that on 205 Live and they actually referenced in that argument with Drake saying, and don't you think I, I haven't been watching your tweets about all this? stuff. Yes, like, so that was good. It's great. No. So my point of this is, Yes, let Chad go there. In fact, 205 Live is booked so simply. It's Triple H. It's booked so simple. It's just really good that I hope more people that aren't being used, like we say, go to NXT, go to 205 Live. I saw Oni Lorcan on there. I'm seeing more people that I'm, I'm surprised at. I could do less with like the Bollywood bros and some of these in between matches, but the main storylines, they nail it. It's a hero. (laughs) I don't, I'd rather see Chad Gable there. And competing for the cruiserweight championship, Adam, than see him in some stupid thing that's going to last three months, where he's like bothering Apollo Cruz. I don't need that.
1: Yeah, no. And, and if they can do it simultaneously, we're on two o five. He's fighting and he gets his way into a title picture, or he's just putting on incredible matches. And simultaneously, he's working his way up the SmackDown mid card. And then something happens where he gets into a mid card feud with the Intercontinental Champion. Awesome. I want Chad Gable as, like I said, I want him as much as I can get him because he's really good. And if here's the truth. If his contract expires and he jumps to AEW or anywhere else and JPW, good for him because the truth is he is a star. He has everything that it takes to be a star. He has the mic ability, the in-ring ability. He can tell stories. He's great. If Vince doesn't see it, it's his own fault. No one else's.
0: All right. All right. All right. Um. I, by but, the way, if I watched only 205 Live, NXT, and Japan content each week, I'd probably be a fantastically happy wrestling
1: (laughs) it would be good there were listen there were a couple like that six-man tag on raw was great there were there were moments this week on raw and smackdown that were very good it's it's good wrestling but it doesn't matter that's my problem i was hyped no it doesn't matter but i was hyped for that it
0: was it got a real good reaction. And that's, to me, that that's approach. a house. Like, by the way, if you bought tickets and went to a house show, you'd probably see some pretty good wrestling. It it doesn't mean it's, you know, it's it's whatever, whatever. It, listen,
1: it's all about storylines and continuity, and we know they lack in that area. Uh, Matt Hardy, BC, has teased a return to the Hardy compound and the Woken universe. Are you interested in seeing more out of this character and what it has to offer? Or at this point with Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, and they're kind of introducing Aleister Black in a little bit of a, unique way are you kind of past hey, uniquely lame on
0: alistair black I, i'm still waiting for you it's to take good. that take bet. it's good no, adam it's you good. cannot sit here and tell me that this week when he screamed out the door for somebody to come fight him this is good it's good if that was on AEW, you would love it uh, really R- really yeah. do you know me as a wrestling fan i would love yeah, it yeah. if if uh what's that dinosaur wrestler's name the guy who's pretty cool lucha luchasaurus. if luchasaurus was yelling out the door somebody to come fight me no adam no, i would that's
1: luchasaurus this is alistair so we're
0: going to cryptic vignettes after a guy already debuts on the main roster that only make his character look lame and worse because he by the way can't talk great but he shouldn't have to talk great
1: oh yes he can he cuts a damn good Uh, promo
0: god that was no anyway your point of your question was uh yeah i want me some more matt hardy the answer is a hero if they do it right they only teased what could have been done with the with the woken universe in tna it wasn't always a home run but it was interesting. And then there were certain key moments with Broken Matt Hardy that were giant home runs. Introduction of all these funny side characters. If you let him write it and just be him, which we assume that's happening with Bray Wyatt right now, not only would it be great, not only could you intertwine Bray Wyatt into this in some form, but I think WWE would be smart to do more of this. To have things that happen outside of the ring, outside of the universe that can cross over. You can find creative ways to use people. Look, I never loved the fact that Tyler Breeze only had his moments on the main roster in that comedic thing. But that comedic thing worked with our guy. So it's fine. I need to see that. I do want to get your take on Hardy. But I want to get your take on the Firefly Funhouse this week as well. Because I didn't know what to feel. I know people loved it. I certainly didn't hate it. But it was violent and it was – it was it, it shook me a little bit. And afterwards, I didn't know what – and maybe that's the point of it. Maybe it was so great that I didn't know what my response should have been. Normally, I know right away. If something happens, that's good or that's bad. This was sort of like, what are, where are we going here?
1: I mean, I loved it. Like, as someone who didn't watch the Woken or Broken at the time stuff live with TNA and I just was able to prior to him debuting or returning in WWE – they, someone put a compilation on YouTube of all those clips, and I was able to watch it through. I liked it. You know, there are parts that were good, like you said, parts that were bad. But man, this has every chance to exceed that. It is smart. It is entertaining. It's both funny and not so much shocking or scary, but just like where it takes you back and it makes you like a dog kind of turn your head to the side and be like, "Hmm, like what's this? Like what, what is, what's actually going on here?" Um, they they there's little tidbits in each one. That evoke some interest, like uh, you know they had the Vince McMahon and they had they had uh, what was it the um, damn the Husky Harris character Huskis Huskis the pig in the last one. This time they went through the whole process. They had that sign "Abandon all hope, ye who exit here," where the quote is usually "ye who enter here." I believe that's from Dante's Inferno. Uh, you also had a demonic satanic symbol that they used as that camera wipe between one moment of the show and the next moment of the show um it you almost had the bunny rambling rabbit and i i didn't really i don't think this is the purpose of it and i don't know when this was taped but it was almost like he was going to cut a promo on wwe akin to john moxley and then he gets nailed by a hammer and smashed by bray wyatt it it just had so many elements that really interested me and i don't know where it's going but I am a Silver King is on the bandwagon, along for the ride. Yeah, I'm ready so to genius. let them take me wherever they're going to take me. My only hope is that when we do get the fiend, which is what I assume is either going to be his demon or an alternate character that he's going to have on the main roster, whenever we get it, I just hope it's not corny.
0: Now, the only thing that kind of confused me, and again, I liked it. I just don't. I didn't like. I don't know if I just missed it. I didn't get it. But something just left me like kind of jaw drop, going, "What?". Um, The the point about the rabbit threatening to reveal what's really going on there. Didn't he sort of already do that a couple of weeks ago when he kind of debuted the evil mask in, in the face that that he's not for the kids, that he's actually satanic on the inside? Because I don't know if you noticed, there's some cutaways where there's like a pentagram symbol. As that's what there. I was
1: talking about. The wipe. Yeah, yeah the wipe. There's there. wipes.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, I don't know. What what do you? I thought they already sort of revealed. I thought he already showed his hand.
1: See, I thought that reference might be to WWE. That's why I thought there was like maybe some John Moxley takes where where he's about to cut a promo on the Funhouse, which is WWE, and Bray then stopped him and oh, beat the hell God. out of him with the mallet. That would I don't be know brilliant. If, I don't know. I don't know if that's what it is. Again, this may have been taped way before that even happened. I'm not sure, but like that was kind of interesting. And if it wasn't that, and it was purely surface level. Before I tell you what's really going on here, maybe maybe it's Bray's – one side of Bray's mind trying to leak out and then the other side of him, the evil side, the the fiend side trying to suppress it. I don't know what it is. But that's the whole – that's yeah. the brilliance. The point is that's we're only getting partial they, puzzle they ha- pieces. They, they have us engaged and we don't know. We're, we're curious. We're waiting to find out. It's just – dude, as bad as WWE television is, you cannot tell me when you see that graphic come up. Firefly Funhouse is next. You don't sit up in your chair and be like, let's go. I am ready to watch this.
0: And that song is great. That song is absolutely brilliant.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, and the other brilliance, every – and this is WWE, the marketing machine at their best, not their worst. Every single show, they re- release a new t-shirt on wweshop.com. So two weeks ago, they released like Wyatt Jim, which is a shirt when it's $4.99, I will buy. It's an incredible shirt. This week, they released like the Ramblin' Rabbit jam, a picture of the jam on a t-shirt. I I have no doubt they've sold thousands of those already. It's incredible.
0: <laughs> the The jam part was a nice touch on it. Um, I want to close the show, Adam, with uh, the DM of the week that popped me. Are you ready for this? Sure. Have you ever heard of Freeman Knox at Freeman Knox underscore?
1: I feel like he's DM'd before. I don't think he's ever messaged me though. So. All right, he says,
0: sure. first time, long time." Not just in listening to the SOC, but also long time having a Twitter account, but first time ever actually using it, and your podcast is making me do it. Anyway, I've slowly come around to the revolution you've supported so vehemently, but I can't help but feel you and Adam are sleeping on a very significant contribution to this shift in the wrestling world. We can trace the beginning of the revolution to one event, Jericho Omega One. All right, we got to pause that. And be like, come on, that's not the that's not the beginning. It was a
1: that is not true at all. all right, Go ahead.
0: back to Freeman Knox. But who was the bridge that allowed that match to happen and arguably led to the development of AEW? The answer is Don Callis, the third member of the Winnipeg triumvirate, leading the charge against main roster WWE. Callis deserves his props, and yet his and Conan's work on Impact over the last twelve months have been ignored on this podcast. That is true, he says. Impact's uh, tag of. division is fire. Okay. Hold on one second. <laughs> I lost, lost my spot. You, BC, you like the bravado and urban speak of the Usos and the cheeky antics of the Bucks. Then you should be watching LAX, who routinely puts on four- and five-star matches, including an epic rivalry with the Lucha Brothers. That has me intrigued, by the way. He says, you dig Moxley, yet ignore Sammy Callahan, who has been providing the sociopathic psychology and violent brawls that you love. Rich Swann has evolved into a top guy, a masterful babyface to a level of which he never could have achieved in WWE. The women's division is better than AEW's right now. Jordan Grace, Taya Valkyrie, Scarlett Bordeaux, and Tessa Blanchard kick ass, including men. Impact has the adult themes you craze. A solid roster, now including your boy TJP. And most of all, it's all about the stories. Hell, they even make Disco Inferno matter in 2019. Sure, the production isn't great, and they have dud matches, but so will AEW. All I'm saying, brother, is until October, AEW is like your college buddy's girlfriend from her hometown who you bang every few months when she visits. I know she's good, but you can't just wait for her. Meanwhile, you're not noticing the hot chick who's ready to ride Space Mountain right now. Let Impact hit your feel spot. I promise you're going to want to tap that again. P.S. <laughs> Apologies if this message is too long. I just had a deep conversation with Samson. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Adam, that was a hell of a DM right there. Um, here's the deal. I dropped Cable. I used to have regular Comcast.
1: <laughs> good, good news, Ryan. They ain't on
0: cable. I used to have regular Comcast, and I would record TNA, or Impact, sorry, every week. And you know what? I would stay woke on it. Between Twitter, I would skim the episodes, I'd watch, I'd always know. And, and he is right in there, by the way. Sammy Callahan, for the past year, is doing great stuff on, uh, under the radar. I don't have it now, though. I got YouTube TV. There ain't no t- Impact Wrestling on there. Do they even have a TV deal anymore? They're on some like, they're either on a channel or some like streaming
1: company. And apparently two weeks ago, they, aired, the company aired the wrong taped episode. Oh, they aired yeah. the prior week's episode. So like, look, dude, I appreciate the DM. You're, you may be right. Like you may be right. I'm not saying you're wrong because I haven't seen it, but there is accessibility at issue here. There is time at issue here. Brian is going back and forth to Los Angeles and New York covering boxing and MMA while watching WWE fitting in AEW and now for the month of July at least watching a lot of NJPW. Silver King is doing that same stuff from an editorial end and running college football and golf majors simultaneously. If Impact wants to get in my wheelhouse, they got to do they, – A, they got to get themselves in front of me where I can DVR them. That way – when it's late at night and I'm laying in bed and I'm trying to fall asleep, I can watch an hour of impact and, and enjoy it potentially. The other thing they have to do is have stars that are not Sammy Callahan and Rich Swan. and you may like I don't think their that bookings. Sucks. TJP's may like,
0: there, Tessa Blanchard, they got you know, uh, I, I agree. I, I fully
1: believe the women's division is better than AEW's because I don't believe AEW's is anything right now. They got but John my point Morrison. Is, they got some guys give, you know. But you got to give me reasons to watch. I no, those are not people that are getting me to tune into your product. The Lucha Bros. Yes, but LAX, maybe they're a little bit better in some ways that you think than the Usos. I got the Usos. I got G.O.D. I, I don't really need them. Right. Like there's you have to give me a reason to tune into your product, something that differentiates well, just you. And just, telling me, just telling me the booking is better is not enough. I need the talent. Uh,
0: access, accessibility is a problem. I, I wish they could just put it free online. But um, I will say. We don't talk about it on the show. I know it's better than the time I give it. I'm inspired by this DM though from Freeman Knox. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig in a little. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna check it out and see it because I don't doubt Adam that if I watched it every week, I wouldn't be entertained. I mean, I I watched the crap out of Impact in 2016 when Hardy was still there and Lashley and all that. I was entertained every week. So yeah, whatever. I mean, come on, Don Callis can book. That's the spirit of that. DM. But to to the crux of his thing though, like, look,
1: Don Callis does deserve some credit for helping popularize Kenny Omega, calling his matches to, to a way that really helped get him in front of an American audience, getting Chris Jericho over there. But look, this guy, from what I remember, had opportunities to kind of put all this together, be callous and Jericho and Omega and go to AEW and do all this, and he's not doing it. And he apparently tried to get Jericho over to Impact and failed. So uh, this is no hate for him. It's just he deserves a piece of credit for the development of the revolution. He is not the Lichman.
0: I'll give you that. I will give you that. And we gave you the show this week. Uh, yeah. Follow us. Do what you have to do. Adam, you got anything to tell these people? I'm done. I'm done. Interview's over. Do five,
1: five star reviews everywhere. We are on Spotify. Don't forget iTunes. Wherever you listen to this podcast, drop us a five star review. And by the way, if you do follow us on Twitter and we tweet out the podcast, I don't know, maybe retweet it. So other people besides you get to enjoy the greatness that is SOC. And like Brian said on the top of the show, don't forget we do a boxing and MMA episode every single week. It's a great assortment of talent here. Yes, OC, we're growing it every week. Some would argue you have better talent than AEW. Okay,
0: man. come on. Talk about it. And JPW is the real stake. That's it, it's over. Yeah.